Um, I am. I'll leave the button pushing. I'll leave the button pushing to you. Well, I'm going to do it then. Got to have an expert. <laughs> push the wrong button for that one that's going to be funny enough in a second when the, yep there we go <laughs> <laughs> uh, perfect push, push the perfect. old bubble button gabe did did uh, dave have a bubble button back when you were working for him uh, you know we had the confetti cannons oh yeah the confetti cannons were the best let's yep. see here we got yep. the, we got still got the bubble button although we're seeming to be lacking a little bit on the fluid and then of course we have the uh the radioactive steam as well which i'm sure you recall that'll come out in a second too all these old, oh, there I don't it is. recall that. I don't think I've seen that. <laughs> well, you, I mean, there's probably a lot here that, that's changed since you were here, Gabe Abelson. Yeah, but, uh, is that for when you have, like, Cheech and Chong on or something? <laughs> it used to come out in the skyline. I guess we have to have it piped Maybe. in. <sighs> yes, boy, what a lovely way to start the show. Careful of that. Yeah. <laughs> You see why I want Tom Green here, people, right? People I mean, already is... call, and, 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 you know, people that don't aren't aware of California call me from the East Coast and say, oh, my God, you know, is, is your house about to burn down? And California is a big state. You know, we've, we've got a huge problem, but I'm very far away from the fires, probably 50 miles away from the closest one. Um, but you know how that is. People back east, they worry. <laughs> it's kind of built in, right? It's part of it. Yeah, yeah. Let's see. There we go. All right. Well, to everybody else, welcome back. This is ridiculous. Here I go, Gabe. This is this is why it's a kid with a train set, just pushing buttons over here. All right. Uh, welcome back to my friend at home. Tonight is Thursday, October 1st. October 1st, 2020. That's why we made it so scary in here, because it's Halloween month. And I'm wearing a shirt to denote that as well. I'm wearing a, a, a Crystal Skull uh, a vodka shirt for our friends Dan Aykroyd and the Crystal Head people. I'm going to, uh, All the reason I'm wearing this is, is for our TBT video, which we'll be seeing later, of course, if you can see any of this now. Uh, but our <laughs> guest, if you haven't, if you couldn't tell already, is our good old friend Gabe Abelson is back returning, COVID special, live via satellite. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well, uh, and uh, great to see you again. Really great to see you again. It's been way too long. Uh, I such feel the same way. Time. It ha we figured it out. It had been. It was like just over two years ago that 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 you were on the show. Crazy. <laughs> and we wow. said, "Oh, we'll have you back real soon." This is, you're one of our favorite guests. We had so much fun. Well, that means and a lot to me because you have so many unbelievable guests. I mean, just great guests. We've been very, yeah. very lucky lately, especially too. I don't know if you've noticed. We've had actually a lot of your old colleagues lately. Uh, we had Spike Ferriston a couple weeks ago, yep. and we had—I uh, don't know if you know—I don't know if you work together or not, but you probably know uh, Madeline Smithberg. I, I love Madeline. I've, I've, we've met a few times, and I, I just love her to death, and we're friends. Uh, but but uh, not—you know—it's not like we hang out, and she lives, of course, up in the Northwest now. And but yeah, I love Madeline. She's great. Really, really sharp and. We've been incredibly lucky with guests, so th so thank you for being here again with us, uh, or you know, for, at least in your kitchen, live via satellite with us here. Sure, I saw you had Mark Brazil on from uh, creator of that '70s show. Mark, we did, guy. yeah. He's fantastic. Yep. What a, what an interesting yeah. person too. You know, it wasn't until the end of that episode that I found out that that '70s show that that he's basically the guy from that '70s show. He's Eric yep. Foreman. Yep, and he just sold another show. He did. I know. We all yeah. want to work on it. 
<laughs> when, how soon? What you? I should ask you. You probably know this. How soon is it um, before you can start asking, throwing resumes in the mail? Hey, Mark, just keep me in well, mind. You know, I, I, it's at the point. I mean, everybody's sort of trying to figure it out now, and uh, I think uh, you know, it, it being realistic that this could be something for the long haul. Just maybe, you know, there have to be new approaches. I think to doing a lot of what we used to do. Uh, it's not enough to just say, okay, we're going to socially distance and do it that way. Um, I just think they have to, uh, I, I just think it's going to create a lot of, it's going to spur on, I should say, a lot of innovation, I think, and which is a good thing and new approaches to talk shows, to, um, you know, sitcoms, to film, to everything. I think everybody's just kind of trying to figure it out, figure it out, find their way. That's kind of how it feels. Um, I love the idea that uh, that it theoretically could be, um, you know, a growth period. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to yeah. turn the air conditioning on here in a second. <laughs> I, I like that idea. We were, you is, know, all kind smoke of... smoke getting to you? Yeah. Well, for some reason, the Dave's uh, chilly air conditioning, I don't think we uh, bumped that down today. So that's that's my <laughs> that's my, my, my bad. But um, uh, we were all kind of talking, you know, now that we're in this... this, this forget covid we had pre covid we'd sort of gotten to this time where you could make anything have anything watch anything everything was sort of at our beck and call and and uh and it almost seemed like well once you get to that place what's left now that it's like a digital world where you can just 3d print whatever and and we kind of all got to a place where like well isn't that when like there's a big something and then you have this um this this renaissance period afterwards, theoretically. Yeah. And, and, and that's what I'm hoping, praying, fingering, crossing my fingers for hoping that that's coming. But I, I don't know. What, what do you think? Is that, a, does that align with what you just said and what you think? Um, well, you know, in, 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 I mean, in the sense that in, uh, I'm, I, I'm trying to understand exactly the question. Well, I guess I guess my point is uh, we were sort of feeling like all right, all the shit went down, but now we're going to we're going we're going to come out of it into some renaissance period where the arts are actually going to prevail and they're going to lead again and I don't know how the heck we get there from here right now, but it does seem to be the next logical step. Well, once the whole thing blows up, then we're going to need art again and that means me, you and everybody we know. Right. I I mean even if you look at uh, you know, if keep tabs on the on the stand-up scene, um, stand-up comedy, uh, you know, for a while there was nothing. There were no shows. And then there were Zoom shows, uh, as still are, plenty of them. Um, and now they're doing some drive-in shows. I know um, um, from my friends in New York, <clears throat> most of the clubs are doing outdoor shows. So, That's you know, they're finding... they have room for that, even. It's kind of neat. You know, it's definitely... You know what? It might breed a newer, stronger... <laughs> like six million dollar man generation of comics because uh, working outdoors is a skill you know it's a lot easier when they're all in a dark room cramped together than when you're outside and you have all these distractions and in terms of a zoom show and i'm just speaking for myself because i'll never never do a stand-up show again no i to me (laughs) i find that zoom shows incredibly unfulfilling um I did a couple and, and I'm not really interested in doing any more um, uh, because it, it's, you know, I think with, with stand up maybe than any other form of live entertainment, 
the audiences have the equation. Uh, and even if you're doing, you know, an outdoor show, it's why when in the comedy club, they seat everybody up front first. You know, the worst is when you have a group and the, all the front rows are open. You need the audience like on top of you so you can have that. It, it's it's not a monologue. It's a dialogue stand up. Yeah. Late night is a monologue because the audience doesn't even have to be there. The jokes speak for themselves. You never hear a host go, so what do you do for a living? You know, you know what I mean? It's like they do their thing. That's a monologue. But in oh, stand up, you want to be able to That's need such to a good point. They're not really exchanging energy like you are live. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off there. I just you were you were educating no, it's me and okay. I kind of just realized. I, I, I probably cut myself off from ever being asked to do a comedy show again. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but I do think it's interesting cuz it's 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 uh you know it's the it's the wild west once again and everybody's trying to figure it out and um some shows have figured it out better than other shows. I think I'm, I'm thinking television now, but uh, but everybody's just feeling their way around. How do you feel about how everybody's handling it? I mean, you're you're a you're a um, um, you you've been on those shows. I mean, you've had to handle right. things, strikes, and you know different things, and you've gone through different sure. periods being uh, um, staff on those types of shows. What do you think of of what they're all doing? How they all handled it? I mean, do you have favorites? Do you have notes? I, you know, I could talk about this stuff for days. So, anything you're interested in? I think Trevor Noah's doing an incredible job. Uh, Daily Show, I think, really has it figured out. Um, I, you know, the other late night shows was very interesting. They did, um, you know, they started off very low tech in their houses or apartments. Uh, yeah. And it was it was kind of fun. It was cool because we were all going through this experience together. It was a novel thing and it humanized everybody. It made, what it did was it really put everybody on an even playing field, which is so interesting yeah. because now you see I saw a table reading of I don't know if you saw this. It's on, on, on YouTube of um, Fast Times at Ridgemont High with like 25 of the biggest actors in the world. And they're all on Zoom doing reading their parts. And, you know, we're just all sort of in the same boat. But then they started adding more production to the late night shows. Right. Uh, you know, give it a little more sizzle, a little more pop. And then now some of them are back in the studio uh, with no audience, which is odd. But then again, it's also odd watching, you know, the baseball playoffs with no one in the Ugh. So I think Conan's yeah. even doing the same thing with the cardboard cutouts in the audience. It's kind of funny. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You know. If if you're gonna if you're gonna do that if you're gonna be in a big empty studio then you got to find a way to use it in a unique way and that is a very funny thing to do, um, <laughs> but you know who knows where it's going. I, uh, that's 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 the thing we also all have in common. We none of us have an end date, so it's not like somebody has the knowledge of when this will end. And uh, so we're all just playing it week to week. You know, yeah, um, that would be nice if we knew. All right, six more months. All right, five more months. But uh, no, not not even a little yeah, bit. Yeah. If not anything, it goes bit. the other direction. Six more months. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be eighteen more months. Oh, t- Twenty-four more months. That's what happens. My son's a general manager of a movie theater, and there've been like fall four false starts. Uh, oh, you know, to reopen. Since he was supposed to go back to reopen. Oh no. Um, he went to work yesterday for the first time since March. And they were because they were supposed to open in a couple of days. Closed. They sent him home. Said no. Nope, it'll oh. be now at least another two weeks. What state so, is this? 
uh, California. Oh, gosh. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even know we um, were know, close to opening. <laughs> I know, I know. Um, New York's much further along than we are. But I was reading today, all over the country, there's there's surges. I mean, I personally, I don't want to be doom and gloom, but I do think reopening, uh, I, I think everything they, the scientists, the actual scientists predict about the fall is going to happen. And I think everything's yeah. going to close and it's going to be for a longer period of time. But... I'm sure that's not what you wanted to talk about. No, COVID's um, on here. COVID's on here. It was the first COVID's thing. Just because I, f- I feel like, how do we not talk? I mean, that's the reason you're not sitting there, here right wash now. Your hands. I did. Um, I did. I always do, uh, even though you're not here. I did the, uh, the. You. I, you know, I, maybe you're like me too. In in the mask world, I've never uh, mouthwashed as much uh, since we've had to start wearing masks. I mean, the, the, I'm mouthwashing like ten times a day. My stepmother sent me this. Because even I won't take responsibility for this. Uh, I did not. She sent me this, which was very nice of her. You want to talk oh. about a uh, a serious mask, an N100? Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. You're going crazy. down into the coal mines with that sucker. I, I, exactly. I'm. I'm. Mustard gas is the next thing uh, that that protects. <laughs> well, I can't even imagine then at that point. But even just with these little cloth ones, just you know, a few minutes of cars and coffee on the weekends, and you're like, oh, geez. Am I this bad all the time? You know, it makes everyone <laughs> really get you. Do you have the pocket, the pocket scope? Remember the, uh, I don't even know if they make that anymore. The Banaka. No, it was called Banaka. Banaka. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and Sweet Breath. I used to like the Sweet Breath one. Boy, I, right, I, I right. bet they don't. Like when you were, when you were a kid, you, you know, like you were actually going to kiss a girl, you know. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can't remember. I mean, it was always in the movies and stuff, but I don't remember the last time I actually saw that for purchase someplace. I don't either. I don't 20 know. years. Banaka, another, another thing. The old fogies, remember. Uh, but, you know, it's funny cause, uh, as well, since we're on the subject of COVID, because I was, I was teaching the other day my writing for late night class, and, and somebody said, you know, all we have now is COVID and riots and protests you know, this it's very hard time to be a joke writer, a comedy, a stand-up or a late-night monologue writer. And I said yes and no. I said yes, it's true. The other, Every other story, you know, then gets relegated to a way down in, in uh, uh, you know, lower down in the, in the whatever the news uh, publication you're, you're reading. Further down the feed. Um, but, but at the same time, I think... Uh, that I prefer to look at it as a tremendous opportunity not to capitalize. I, you know, there's certain subjects I would stay away from. I wouldn't talk about riots or, or stuff like that or deaths or sickness. But, it's a, but to me, there have been so many comedians for so many decades that everything that could be observed possibly has been observed. Going back to Carlin talking about the handrail on the escalator moves a little faster than the thing you're standing on. And we all go, yeah, yeah, that's right. It does. It does. It does. It does. It's funny because it's true. So there was that was pretty much all, you know, everything was covered. But what COVID did, what COVID did was all of a sudden everybody. I mean, I you want to talk universal. Everybody globally was experiencing the same thing at the same time. So if you don't go to a really dark place with it, you now have all these observations that will hit every single person in the audience. You don't have to worry this reference might not land. And it's an untapped resource, or it's a newly tapped resource, a gold mine of stuff that we're all going through. So like, I was just pranking them out 
um, not because I'm a good writer, but because there was so much to, to out there. Every so time much I to went pull out, from. there was so much to pull from. They had, when they had closed all the restaurants in L.A. and only the drive-thrus were open, um, I said the lines, which is true, the drives, uh, the lines at the drive-thru were so long, the people at the end of the line are having it delivered by Postmates. You know, so... <laughs> I see your point, though, because uh, because it's created COVID and, and this pandemic is creating new circumstances. We now have new circumstances to observe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, that's uh, a say, really, you know, really good point. Everybody's paranoid. Nobody wants to get it. And a few minutes ago, Alexa told me I was standing too close. So, you know, again, <laughs> Alexa, again, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like and I always use that also as a great launching pad to come up with jokes is to say, how scared are people? How long is the line at the drive-in? And when you ask yourself these questions, it leads to jokes. Sorry, I don't mean, I go into professorial mode. I apologize. But this is what I, please don't apologize. Please do more of it. This is, this is why I want to talk to you. <laughs> Speaking Material. of which, though, by the way, I should tell everybody you just mentioned uh, about your joke writing course. <laughs> I happen to have this article right here right now with, uh, with Gabe Abelson. And uh, we'll put that up. How writing for late night television unlocked the series to writing jokes, secrets to writing jokes. Wow! I don't know what this, don't know what this was about here, but I googled it, and uh, and this came up, and it was a nice picture of you. You looked, you look like you were, <laughs> you're physically very fit in this picture. <laughs> I I'm ve- I was very fit there <laughs> before the gyms closed, and about uh, well about seven or eight years ago. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But how is uh, how is your your writing uh, course I, going? I, I look at like I'm doing the old hack, like uh, Dolly Parton joke, like uh, with my hand there. I don't how know. How big it was it? it? Just look, yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm teaching uh, through Flappers Comedy Club here in Burbank, um, writing for oh. late night uh, TV. And what's been great about that is. That, uh, uh, you know, Flappers is a huge club. There are three clubs under one roof, and they have a tremendously uh, large mailing list uh, of comics and audiences that love comedy. And so now my class that used to be attended, obviously, in person, just by people here in L.A., is now attended by people around the country. So every class has been sold out since this started. So you Um, have actually, because of this, they don't have to come in person. You're just doing it digitally. You have opened up your market by, well, times 50, I mean, it's unbelievable. You know, I don't really want to go anywhere. I want to be at home. And so now, uh, yeah, I do a lot of private sessions with either late night, uh, you know, writers that want to break in a late night or stand-up comics at every level. I work with a couple of comics that already have Netflix specials and um, and, uh, write Well, it's almost like one-on-one tutoring at this point, then, it sounds. Well, that, that is. The privates are one-on-one. I, I have them send me material. I spend time going over it. I meet with them over a Skype session. And oh um, by that time, I'm as familiar with their material as they are. I've added tags. I've tweaked their jokes. And so it's it's much more uh, it, it's more beneficial in terms of uh, the rapidity of, uh, of uh, and, and the time um, in terms of what they can absorb. Whereas the class at Flappers is more of an introductory thing for people... Uh, who just want to, you know, just starting out writing late night, even though most of them are comics that take that class. Um, but it, it, late but night writing... their feet wet in this area. Yes, and it's a very interesting thing because just because you're a comic doesn't mean you're going to get the music of late night. 
I've had people that were veteran comics uh, for decades, never quite got it. And then I've had someone come in who's like an accountant or a lawyer and they just get it right away. It's, it's like, it's, it's like I said, it's like a music or a, a math or studying another language. Um, it's, it's, yeah. So it's interesting. Well, and you were definitely qualified having worked at both Letterman and Leno in the old days. <laughs> and teaching, believe it or not, having taught for now, I can't believe I'm, because I had no business teaching when I started. I've been teaching 37 years. Um, Holy yeah, smokes. I was, I was basically right out of school when I started teaching uh, way before I had a right to. But what it's done is because it's been 37 years, having done stand up for 40 now and written for late night for 25 wow. Um, it's given me the tools now um, to really be able to break this stuff down and approach it uh, really almost as a science uh, joke writing. So it is kind of the thing. You've got all the ones and zeros on it at this point. You really can. You have all the different perspective. It's just a matter of where you want to zoom around to. Exactly. What story do you want to tell? Wow, that's so fascinating to me. Well, I love your brain. That's not new news to you. We we jumped on for a little bit of a catch-up coffee via Skype kind of thing, FaceTime the other day, and it was... It was, it was like 90 was, minutes was, or so awesome. before we even said, well, we've probably got to get on with our days here. Yeah. <laughs> You've got I, uh, the brain. If I had the brain, I'd have the desk. So there you yeah. go. The guy with the desk has the brain. That's the way it goes. Especially yeah, I don't that think that's desk. true. I don't think that's true. Maybe in some cases. Definitely not in this one. I, I, if I had a bunch of people support me, I'd be a heck of a lot better. I know that. Uh, it's amazing what you've done there. Very, very impressive. Thanks, man. Well, the production side was what I always knew. So that's what I did first, which is not really how you build a talk show. (laughs) What's our set going to be like? Let's build. (laughs) Then we'll figure out what we want to tell. So um, these days, what uh, do you have in-person guests as well as uh, distance guests? How's it it working? For us, it kind of depends on the guest's um, comfort level. We you can't tell too much from from the angles we have here, but we did separate stuff pretty well. Um, When someone's here, I sit a little bit further back, and we are more than six feet apart. Um, And um, and we've had a few people who don't mind doing that. Uh, You know, people who already kind of know us. Maybe they've been here before, maybe not, but they they know that we already are. We have to be careful because of uh, you know Nicole's health and everything. Um, yep. so this place is kind of a safe zone for other people to come in. It's more of like, what are they bringing with them? Um, and we're pretty careful about it. You know what I mean? We, we, we without having the guys doing the COVID test right at the door, like the real shows are doing, um, we're, right. we're kind of doing everything else. Um, and it really does come down to people's comfort level. If they're comfortable, we're comfortable. We can we can do this. We can get this thing done. I still swab all the mics with uh, alcohol. I mean, I've got jugs of stuff sure. under the death he- desk sure. here that we – all sorts of processes that the union NBC guy would do anyway, so I just keep doing them. Um, <laughs> I think you should tell them you're giving them a COVID test by the front door regardless. Just Oh, and just do know. something? Well, like it's a, you know, I don't know, an anal swab or something that'll really... Maybe you haven't heard about the new COVID test, sir. Just turn your head to the left and uh, <coughs> give me a little... <laughs> no, you're clean. Come oh, on boy. in. <laughs> so uh, so what else, is, uh, what else is going on there? Well, I've got all sorts of stuff. I wanted to know about one thing, again, when I Googled you before and, and found the, the thing, I wanted to, you know, I was kind of just trying to find 
tape and stuff, and there's all of the the stuff that you had had up previously. But then I noticed something at Flappers. You were doing. You were the guy at the desk, and you did have a little couch set up. And you this was on stage at Flappers, and it didn't seem to. It didn't look like it was a class. It, I mean, there was an audience, and people were laughing at the at the performer. Wow, that so, exists. <laughs> yeah. Do you, so, do you know I'll what I'm talking about? I this I just Google. I uh, YouTube uh, Gabe Abelson, and that I'll was tell one you of the why results. I ask, when I'm not on a writing staff or traveling, you know, around the world, my show, I I do my teaching at Flappers, and I've done this on and off for about 13 years. And for the first few years, the last class was an a uh, simulated talk show, because almost all the students in that class are stand-ups. Um, they would write the monologue, which I would perform. That's the whole idea that at the end of the run of class, you would get to see what it's like to write for somebody else. Because as stand-up, uh... they've only written for themselves. And I would tweak their jokes just as a host would and make, put them in my voice and do the monologue. But because we had the chair and the couch and the desk, we put that all there at flappers. Uh, I would then bring them on to do a guest set. So they were not only writing for the show, they were doing a guest set and then... Uh, at some point, I don't know. I don't know why we stopped doing it, but uh, now I just do the monologue. Well, what I was um, taken by was how stinking natural. I mean, you weren't even supposed to be. Maybe that's what was so good about you. Maybe that's what was. All right, I'm, I'm, this is all happening in real time here. Maybe you were really, really Johnny like to me, and and I didn't notice why. But maybe it's because you just explained that it was part of your class. You weren't trying to get the attention. You solely were there to from A to B. Absolutely. And, and that's something Johnny used to do and that everybody else kind of doesn't do. Everybody else kind of goes, goes for the spotlight themselves, and he just would sort of just let them have it. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, they were, they were there to – that was – they were taking the class and they were getting to do a guest set. And it was, you know, it was I, – I, I, I really liked that setup. Um, but I will say since I started doing the, the, uh, the talk show writing about 13 years ago, since I started teaching – uh, there's nothing I enjoy more than doing the, top, the topical monologue written by my students. I enjoy it much more than doing my own stand-up material. And had I to do it all over again, I probably would have made a push to uh, to get your job, to, yeah. to be a talk show host. I That's what I'm that. trying to say. You were so natural at it that it was like, why didn't? Why aren't why didn't why don't you just do this? <laughs> well, from being around it, by the time I got natural, maybe I, I was too old to get the gig. So, uh, but I would have loved to have if I had it to do over again to try for something like that. Yeah, I think of um, it, this wasn't the only thing. It was also, and this is all happening in real time as well. But I just remember in the beginning of COVID, you were doing. An, you were doing a Johnny impression. It was fresh jokes that you had written, but you were doing them as sort of this Carson impersona. <laughs> and I really enjoyed those too. And it didn't even occur yeah. to me why I said the Johnny thing before, but are you tied I was, into that I as saw, well? That, that's, <clears throat> excuse me. That's what was the impetus was that was I saw at first all these late night talk show hosts <clears throat> doing a really fun, low rent version from their homes. So I thought, what would Carson do if he was alive? So because my equipment's low rent anyway, it's not really what I do. I just decided to, you know, gray my hair a little bit and do and write a Carson type COVID monologue as this was happening. So, you know, um, but like every or, night, not once. I did it every night for a couple of weeks. Yeah. 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 I mean, and then and then it was like, OK, this is too much work. <laughs> I oh, yeah. got to think of 
what else I can do. It was a nice escape, and and it was a challenge. Um, but I I might you know I I've considered doing it, uh, going back to it, and and having guest hosts. So I don't have to do Carson <laughs> every night. Uh, but I remember I was thinking about typical uh, Carson stuff, like I had one. Everybody's so paranoid. Everybody's uh, washing down their groceries. As a matter of fact, right now I have my chickpeas in quarantine. <laughs> chickpeas in quarantine. Yeah, it's just <laughs> not even a punchline. Just something Johnny would probably go for. Oh, they would. I mean, it would have bombed, but it would have been awesome. Yeah, yeah. There it would have been one yeah. of those solid bombs. Yeah. The mic coming down, attention came on Chopper. Remember that? Oh, when he was bombed, the mic. Was there anything better? Was there anything no. better? No. no. There was nothing nothing, and no one better. Uh, I probably absolutely. asked you this when you were here, but I forgot. Did you ever meet Johnny, or did you ever do that show, or did you ever have anything? I never did, but the boys, who I think you and I have talked about, that uh, wrote for Dave uh, for all the years that Dave was on, uh, the, uh, two guys, Mulholland Barry, were head writers for Johnny for years and years and years they were head writers on the emmys academy awards um and they were the ones that wrote the first like it was so cold it was so hot those jokes that johnny used to tell and so then when dave when you saw him do the squirrel jokes or the rat jokes those were more often than not from the boys so while i didn't get to meet carson uh i've heard a lot of stories about him um not just from them actually mainly from gabe kaplan who's a uh not not to name drop but, Gee whiz, um, the other Gabe. <laughs> the other Gabe from Welcome Back, Cotter. Now, he's a close friend, a great guy, unbelievably funny man, uh, brilliant guy, and uh, knew, knew, knew Carson as well as anybody could know Carson, I guess, which was not super well, but um, I've heard you know, some great stories from that show. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That makes me happy. Uh, I, I don't know how anyone could do what you do and have your brain and have celebrated this stuff their whole life and not have a thing for Johnny, but you never know. Yeah. Some people, some people, some people don't. Uh, Howard Stern's one of those people. He just, he's, he's never gotten it. He th always thought Johnny really? was Really? <laughs> yeah. Really? And meanwhile, See, I didn't his, know that about Howard. Wow. His point of, he goes, ah, he was an asshole. Well, I think he that's probably true asshole. too. I, I don't, yeah, I don't think they're mutually too. exclusive. Absolutely not. Especially back then when you were the guy in the country. It was almost like, I don't know how you couldn't be uh, at least considered an asshole by some people. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Um, no, how's our buddy Tom Green doing? He's doing great. Tom is about to embark on a crazy, crazy adventure. <clears throat> um, uh, and I'm not uh, giving anything away here because he's talked about it on social media and on his podcast. Um he got a uh, <clears throat> conversion van, and so it's amazing. I don't know if you've seen these things. They're beautiful. Well, everything lined in hardwood, and there's a, a, a bed in it, and a fridge, and a stove, and <clears throat> all in basically a van. <clears throat> and so he wants to go uh, back um, to Canada for a while until a few things blow over here. But on the way... Kind of makes sense. Hey, He's going to spend a lot of time traveling the country, uh, going to very remote, uh, the most beautiful spots in, you know, in the in the country and Utah, Colorado, Wyoming, you know, big sky country, Montana, uh, and just camp in this thing and live self self-sufficiently for he's not he's not sure. It could be one month, could be six months on his way Whoa. to Canada. 
and this probably isn't the van, but this is Tom Green's Instagram where he, he's talking about this trip and getting a van. Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> that's the Ford Econoline. No, that's the windowless van that uh, there was a, usually. No, I, I'm not even going to say it, but. Uh, no, now we've no, got, he did uh, post pictures of it at one point, though. It actually looks very, very nice. It's all wood inside. It's really beautiful. Oh, it's so nice. The lighting, beautiful. Yeah. Yep. And uh, um, so, so he's going to go across the country and 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 then up to Canada and the whole bit. I think that that's a really wild thing. I asked you mainly yes, because and, and he moved his his podcasting studio, uh, which is uh, well different than yours, but state of the art as well. Um, oh, he's and, got an incredible uh, setup incredible setup i mean the cameras are he just got an even better camera than the one he had he's taking on the road with him and he's got everything he's got the switcher he's, he's got, got the switcher he's the got drum thing. machines and, and and mixers and all sorts of things and mixers and a keyboard in the van it's all there it all gets stored underneath and then he can break it out and do his podcast from there that's amazing yep. that's amazing yep. <laughs> i can't wait to see you as a guest on that one <laughs> <laughs> Stop by Gabe's house on the way. Uh, have you ever? Weren't you? Didn't you do Webavision in the old days? Don't I remember seeing you on oh, yeah, the old yeah. Webavision show? Yeah, yeah, I did. I, I appeared a couple times as a guest, but I was also the writer on that show. Which originally, you know, again, um, uh, he's just such an innovator. We're going back to. I, I it must have been about two thousand six, two thousand seven, when he started doing his seven camera, seven HD camera uh, shoot from a talk show from his living room. Nobody from was his, doing that. From Nobody his was home. Even doing a, from his home. Nobody was even doing a, you know, like a HD video podcast then. And we won the Webby Award for that, actually. We won oh. a Webby Award. And then we got uh, a, a syndication deal in a few markets. Oh, wow. Uh, and it was the show out of his house that we were doing. We got major guests. I mean, you know, Val Kilmer, Jimmy Kimmel, Adam Carolla. We had, we had a lot of, you know... Big guests on. Yep. Everybody was. I remember Joe Rogan being not only being Joe there, but Rogan I remember seeing a video a where times. he was like, "This is the future, man. You are doing it. This is the. Yeah. We're all going to be doing this someday." And look at Joe Rogan now. <laughs> I know. I know. Amazing. And in fact, that's the only time I believe that Tom has uh, left his house since uh, February was to do Rogan's podcast. Oh no, kidding! I believe so. Yep. Whoa, that was a great yeah. episode. It, yeah, it was. It was two two bright guys. I remember Joe from stand up years ago. That was the last time I saw him. Many how years was ago. how I was he as a stand up? I worked with him on news radio, and he was nothing like the Joe Rogan that we have today. Very strong, very strong stand up. You know, strong personality. Yeah, good good comic. It's interesting. I mean, uh, 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 from what I hear, you know, he's he's an insane martial artist. Joe will study a style of martial arts that he's never studied before, and he'll be a black belt in eight months in that style. Um, he holds like, I don't know, five or six black belts in completely different styles, karate, kung fu, judo, uh, jiu-jitsu. Um, and I've never seen a guy, Joe is maybe, I, I don't want to say, he, he's not, I'm not a tall guy, I'm maybe 5'10", he's maybe 5'6", five, 5'7", five, maybe. Um, but his hands are about twice the size of my head, and I have a big head. He was a great fighter. <laughs> he does have the mitts, yeah. He was a great fighter. Um, his record is unreal. And from what I heard, that he was so funny, like, you know, in the in the trainer's room, in the locker room, everybody was saying, you got to try stand-up comedy. And that's oh. what started him on the road to stardom. Yeah. Holy crap. He, so he was a fighter first. I don't know if I knew he, that. Oh, yeah, he was a fighter first, yep. 
I knew that seemed to be his love, but I, I just was not aware. Um, punishing. What? <laughs> said punishing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> What? Finish him? What? Uh, <laughs> Gabe, we, it's Thursday, and every Thursday we play a little TBT video. Uh, oh, today God. We, beca- no, no, it's not you. It's not you. Oh, I thought it was a quiz. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it will be about five minutes where you can go to the bathroom or get another drink or whatever you need to do. Oh, that sounds good. No, <laughs> or you can here. watch the video. Um, <clears throat> we are going back today to a time. I don't know how far back this is. In my mind, it's got to be about 10 years. And uh, I, I chose this video because of <clears> – <throat> and this shirt, excuse me, <clears throat> because of the video and because it's October 1st. It's Halloween month. Uh, and Jay Ryan wasn't always into Porsches. He used to be in other cars before that. So this is a little demonstration. Thursday, Hal. Roll it.
We have the, uh, the trap from uh, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, and uh, primitive compared to the new equipment that we would be breaking out in the third movie. Uh, we don't like it. We kind of restore it. I was going to say, the other one came out beautiful. Let's have a whole new vehicle. That's so badass. Uh, the maiden voyage went perfectly. It was fantastic. And I can think of no better way to christen the Miller on the road than to get Dan Aykroyd's signature with this pen. The tiny little 14-year-old nerd in me is very happy right Dan now. Dan Aykroyd Ray, written right up He wrote Ray on the dashboard. I love that he just... Went right in up, signing the dash. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> Can't argue. Yeah. Then everything else after this is gravy. <clears throat> One. <laughs> uh, we turned the bubbles back on. That's as close to the sound Good of one stuff. hand clapping as you can probably get. Um, uh, actually, it is. Uh, that was really cool, man. What what inspired you to uh, to do that? Uh, so many things. I am a nerd, as you know, Gabe Abelson, and um, and a car know, guy. Making and recreating all this stuff is is very fun to me. Yeah, we did the. If you couldn't tell in the background there, we did the time machine from Back to the Future as well. Uh, yep. That was an old buddy of mine there, um, uh, uh, Sean Bishop, who uh, uh, actually owned that car, and we, we all built it together. But um, uh, he was the one in the car was talking at the end, you know, yep, just came in and wrote Ray. <laughs> that was that was funny. Uh, cool. Yeah, it was. Uh, I used to. I used to do that. I used to build movie cars for fun, and I, I built the, the time machine with uh, with that same guy. And we ended up getting up uh, uh, a bonus feature on the Blu-rays and everything, like when the when you know, the one wow. video came out <clears throat> with Dean Kundi, the, with the director of photographer from the movie and everything. It was really fun. It's just just a quick glimpse. Was that? Well, what was that? You got your hands on a DeLorean, or you got the original, or and then... uh, both. Both were replicas that we made, but that that. Um, uh, the 
the, this was at the same time they were redoing the original one at Sony, and I was um, I was around during that, so I, I had a lot of reference from the original one, and then building this refer- this replica that my right. friend had. Um, so yeah, it was just it was kind of fun. That was I another friend of mine used to own a bar. Uh, in a, a chain of bars, actually, and um, he put me in touch with the Crystal Head people. And uh, once I got to the Crystal Head people, it was very, very easy to then organize promotional, um, you know, partnerships with um, with Dan Aykroyd. So we did a few of those little Crystal Head parties. Yeah, really <clears throat> and then cool. we would bring the car. And, you know, do the thing and we'd wear these, you know, shirts for the vodka and whatever. But then all the Ghostbusters would show up, all the kids and the people with the backpacks and, and the wands and everything and, and all yeah. these costumes that they made themselves. Super, super cool. Super cool. Yeah, it's it was amazing. Like, it looked like a premiere there. Like yeah, at least like miniature Comic-Con is what it sort of kind of was like. Yeah. But uh, for Halloween and all that one, just, just that one just felt appropriate. Uh, and I should tell you, since we just Very looked nice. at a bunch of collector cars there. <clears throat> excuse me. I put my glasses on so you know it's serious. Let me talk about St. Clair Insurance for a few minutes here. St. Clair Insurance. They say all that separates men from boys is the coverage for their toys. St. Clair Insurance has coverage for your toys. Go to coverageforyourtoys.com. Gabe Abelson, I don't just mean any kind of car insurance. I don't mean just collector cars. I mean anything. If you've got a jet ski or a snowmobile no. or, a, <laughs> or a, yeah, anything, any kind of boat or your home or your business, uh, anything that can be insured, check out St. Clair Insurance, coverageforyourtoys.com, and make sure Fantastic. that all those toys are indeed covered. Got that business out of the way. Uh, also, hey, speaking of toys one. and insurance, not, not not to step on that, but I saw uh, there was a fun thing on online. I forgot where it was. Most dangerous toy ever sold. So <laughs> I had to look at it, of course. Uh, and it was from 1950. I think it was like a Hasbro, or it was a, a, a toy company that's still around. May, I shouldn't say that because maybe it wasn't, but it was something I was familiar with immediately. And it was a child's introduction to nuclear power. Oh, my <laughs> and goodness. It, and it came with a, a small piece of plutonium. You mean an actual um, piece of, like a nugget of plutonium? This is, this is an actual, if you Google most dangerous toy ever sold, this will come up. And a little... Well, this, uh, we, may be th- we may be thinking of something similar. Is this the one that actually ca- they sold a Geiger counter with it? Like it came yes. with a Geiger counter? I heard yes. about this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's the most Those ridiculous kids, idea they're, for they're a toy. Around. <laughs> it's, it's funny that they actually, you know, they thought this was a good thing. Um, fortunately, uh, it sold for something outrageous, like three hundred and fifty dollars, which in nineteen fifty was, you know, a fortune. And so, very few of them were sold, and they stopped producing them very quickly. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Um, well, speaking of toys and danger, uh, if you're somewhere in, in, <laughs> where they should be wearing a mask and you see somebody not wearing a mask, you could say to them, hey, need a mask? Shop Hunziger.com. That's what we did. Hunziger, uh, just so you know, <laughs> Hunziger makes all these sort of fine automotive art. He's a fine artist uh, by trade. And his uh, paintings are up in the Porsche Museum and at Porsche Corporate and all sorts of stuff. Uh, but he makes all these um, uh, masks with his artwork Oh, that's on them. cool. And it's super cool, very nice, super super neat stuff, and uh, and they're really inexpensive too. So it's not like he's not selling masks as a business over there. He just wants to get masks in people's hands. Uh, do you do you don't go out much because of everything? You mentioned you're working from home. How do you have to leave much? How do, how is life for you? Um, you know, I, I leave. I I'm not 
one who does the Instacart shopping. I like picking out my own groceries, but I do try to minimize how often I go. I mean, I'm somebody, you know, uh, when I, I was married for a long time and, uh, you know, we uh, had a family when the kids were growing up, they would do, uh, oh, by the way, there's no second E in at Gableson. It's G-A-B-E-L-S-O-N. Oh, geez. Well, I'm glad you no saw problem. it. No <laughs> problem. And it's E-L-S-O-N on the top one, too. <laughs> Gee whiz. See, you know what's funny? It's not, it's not funny because it's very disrespectful to you, and I apologize. Not at but all. But the funny I thing was I was heard. doing it, I was trying to do it live when I was talking to you before, so I really screwed both up. <laughs> I'll be you. You go ahead, and I'll just fix this up right, right foot. Um, so I was trying to remember what I was saying. Were we still on the Geiger counter? <laughs> no, your family. Oh, my family. How Going out and shopping and stuff like that. Yeah. So, um, so you know, when I lived by myself, I've been living by myself for for ten years now, and uh, before that, I was married. Uh, so I never buy more than thirty-five, forty dollars worth of groceries at a time. But now with COVID, you know, I'm buying a couple hundred dollars worth of groceries at a time. So I just try to minimize my trips to the store. But I go out and you know, I, I pretty much do everything I used to do. I mean, you can't really eat other than outdoors now in right. LA. Um, but if I want, I go to the mountains. I go to the beach. Uh, um, I have a creative partner who lives in Santa Barbara, so I go up to Santa Barbara once in a while. So, you know, but 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 there are days where two or three days will pass and I'll be getting really antsy and I'll realize, oh, I haven't left the house in three days. OK, that's exactly it. Yeah, I better step outside if even for 10 minutes. That's it. That's yeah. literally what happens here. We'll just do a lap around yeah. the pool or whatever, but just to get some exactly. sunshine and get out. And you don't yep. realize it. You know, you go look out the window, what's the weather, you feel all that stuff. But it's amazing how just simply being outside for, it's for amazing. a few minutes. Have you been to the beach yet? Uh, no. I highly recommend, and I don't even go on the beach. I don't lay on the beach. Um, I'm not really a beach guy. But you go out to uh, Zuma or to Malibu, and I'm telling you, just park there, you know, um, and just sit there. It's, it's such a zen thing it'll put your mind in such a different place is it because of the wide open space with the ocean air yeah it's that and just being in this just wide open space with fresh air you know it's always i mean what is it now like 108 and you know where i am yeah yeah we're it's always you know where we are exactly always like 20 25 degrees cooler in uh out by malibu or zuma beach or yeah anywhere on the coast and we, it's just, it'll, it'll completely transform your mind. It's amazing. I definitely agree with that. We do go to Malibu every Sunday morning, but we're... Oh, so there you go, yeah. But we're not at the... I mean, we're at the beach, but we're not at the beach. We're on the other side of the highway, you know, with that coffee place I told you where, where Spike Right, right. And, and I go to the Neptune's Net place. There. But, but still, you get... Yeah, exactly. You still have that wide open ocean you're looking at you know yeah 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 the fresh air um does seem more fresh lately when you go outside i, I just assumed that was because i was having cabin fever and did too much smoke in the studio <laughs> and way too much radioactive steam <laughs> radioactive steam <laughs> um i don't know i don't want to put you on the spot here but i don't know if it's possible with our setup or not do you is there any type of mentalism that you could do today or do you want to at least talk about mentalism? Because that's one of the things that fascinates me the most about you. Um, I would have to uh, put you on hold for a second. Um, no, I'm not going to put you on hold. But I do want to get 
Well, I'll right take you. Way. I'll take you. You're off of camera now. They're just. Okay. They're just looking at me. Ah, okay. Um, can we just look at you for a second? And in fact, in fact, but I'm going to show. You every... me to, I'm back. I'm back. Oh, you I was going to show everybody your Instagram in case. Oh my God. In case okay. You should give that a oh follow for sure. There you go. There Lots you go. of funny stuff. Lots of funny stuff. Uh, so let me get something to write on. Um, I can show you again. We're okay to come back to you. Oh yeah, of course. I'm just right. I'm just looking for something to write on. So I'm going to write a number on this business card, and I'm going to keep it in focus uh, in in front of you the whole time. I don't remember if I did this, but this is all I can no. think of to do now because I have nothing on me. I was looking for something to write with. Is this uh, okay? Keeping it I'm by my computer, like so I don't write. Yeah, it's fine. Great. Uh, I, I just make sure I'm not going to tell you what I'm going to write, but you can't. You can't read pencil writing, can you? I'm going to write it no. by my back. <laughs> no. No, some people can. It's like reading lips. They're, they're, it's called pencil reading. Some people can tell by the motion of the pencil. I hope they'll be able to read this. Okay. So I won't. I will tell you what I wrote was a number, but I won't tell you. Damn. I won't tell you what I wrote. Okay. Watch my finger. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. You did a great job of following that. Name one of those numbers. Uh, nine. Okay. And he re does it does it feel like that was a free choice? Uh, yeah, I felt rushed, but I don't think that's you your fault. Rushed. I get well, uncomfortable. Feel, I get feel, uncomfortable. Feeling rushed is fine. I will tell you there's a second digit. Watch my hand. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Name one of those numbers. Six. No reason why. It just felt right. Correct. Yes, I didn't. I didn't write it very clearly because I wrote it by my back, but I did write ninety six. <laughs> so, no, I have to definitely say you didn't. <laughs> but you can tell it's ninety six, right? A hundred percent, I can absolutely. Okay. And I thought, boy, he's crazy. Is he actually writing that behind his back? I thought you were nuts for doing that. <laughs> ah, as as uh, Letterman would say to Kreskin, he's a witch, ladies and gentlemen. He's a witch. <laughs> <laughs> see, now, for instance, let's see. See if you can tell what letter I'm writing, uh, what number I'm writing. You really won't get it if I say it's a letter and I write a number. I mean, that looked like six to me. Exactly. So I'm saying, uh, but I, it was that know, was much. Gonna, e that was a big old. I mean, that was easy to follow. Right. But there's some, and especially mentalists. That maybe that's why I'm sensitive to that. Mentalists. A lot of them can do it. Even if you, you know, if I write it small, let me write something small. I'm I'm Can finding it more that amusing was? that we're giving out somebody's New York telephone number. <laughs> oh my god. It's good stuff. That's funny. Well. <laughs> Can we pixelate that? <laughs> oh, I will uh I will do something for the replay obviously. I, I can't do anything about what just party. happened. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that's hilarious. Oh, that's so funny. I don't want to say any names because it could be anybody. Uh, I should also probably thank Mr. Dan Aykroyd for that, uh, his participation in our video earlier and also uh, Josh Terchetta, who was the director and editor of that whole piece. Um, he put the whole thing together. Actually, it was even his idea to uh, shoot it. So uh, many thanks to him. Um, Gabe Abelson, what, it seems like a crazy question, but like what's coming up for you? Are you able to build a future from this place or are we waiting until the election or what's, uh, what's the deal? <laughs> I don't mean to laugh at the question, but what, what's coming up for me? Um, 
you know, hopefully another stimulus check. Now I don't, I, um, uh, I'm working on a number of projects right now. Um, I have, you know, some show pitch. It's just very weird. Like there are pockets of the industry that are opening. People are shooting stuff. People are filming. Um, but not everybody. And so, uh, I have a few things on hold, a couple things I'm moving forward, uh, that are for streaming a couple of shows oh. for streaming that I'm working on and, um, and writing and teaching, you know, I, I'm just really loving the teaching. Um, it's, it makes me better as a writer. And I just feel with all these sold out classes, you know, cause normally like, I'll go to another country and perform for a few weeks and I'll come home. I'll, I'll teach a flappers class. Then I'll be writing on staff for a few months or whatever, then come back and teach. But this has just been one because, you know, I can't travel. So it's right. Uh, or I, I should say I won't travel. It's one class into the next class into the next class. And I'm just I'm just feeling it. I just feel you want to study comedy. This is the place to go. When you're doing that and you're in the zone, and maybe more so in these one-on-one classes, do you get the, um, you know that sort of universal good feeling you get when you help somebody? Even though Absolutely. this is something where, you know, okay, people are probably paying you for this lesson or whatever, but you are imparting your knowledge and your expertise and your experience into these younger, uh, uh, you know, thirsty brains. Do you get anything out of that other than just the check? Tremendous amount. I mean, I was working with a comic who was already very well established, but didn't have uh, network TV. So we worked together. Uh, we had worked together actually for a number of months on a set for, I, I won't even mention the talk show, one of the major networks, one of the three major networks. And she got it. She got the show. And then um, we worked again and she got a second spot on the show. And she's the only oh. comic so far to have ever done that show twice. Wow. Um, and so that's incredibly satisfying for me. I mean, she's a hundred times funnier than I could ever be, but we work really well together. She's an incredible idea person and I'm a, a good at arranging and deconstructing and constructing and, and building and, and uh, you know, and technique and all that. So together we just, we just work really well. I'm, I'm working on, uh, uh, she's writing a pilot now. It's her own uh, uh, sitcom, and uh, I'm working on that with her as well. A vehicle for her. Um, yeah, w- with her. Great. With her. Great. So when Great. I work with her, you know, if I'm working with somebody who's starting out, obviously there's a lot to teach. When I work with someone like her, it's almost more like a. It it is basically a writing session, because there's nothing I can teach her. Uh, you know, she can teach me. So it's basically just like a brainstorming session. You know, um, but you're probably picking up on a technique both ways. That kind of cross pollinates, I would imagine. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And like I said, this go- from going from one class into the next, um, I'm seeing things even even with late night that I and and stand up that I never really noticed before. I'm able to articulate articulate. I can't articulate the word articulate. <laughs> I'm I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm able to articulate very small things that can be actually very big in the scheme of things in terms of getting the job or maybe not getting the job in a, in a submission packet for a talk show. Um, just minor things that I may have missed over the years that I'm, I'm, I'm now picking up on, uh, that I, and, and can verbalize, uh, you know, it's such a difficult game, particularly getting into late night writing, uh, that you want to put yourself in the best position to succeed. 
And there are so many things that can that you need to not only know how to do, but more importantly, what not, almost, not equally as important, I should say, what not to do. And I can't tell you how many people have gone to like the NBC Writers Workshop, didn't come in, came to me, and I said, oh, well, you did this, 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 and that's a red flag, that's a red flag. And they were like, I wish I had seen you and come to you before I did that. Not that I am so talented, but I've just been doing it so damn long because I'm, you know, I've been around forever that, that I know what's a red flag in a packet. I used to read packets. Um, and so my job is to give them the best shot possible at getting their foot in the door and landing the staff job. That's amazing. Um, Well, best of luck to this person and this potential show. Um, I'm trying to think of, I know, have you ever, did you ever do any sitcom writing? Did you do any kind of, that kind of work? I've done some punch up, but I've, and I've written a couple of spec scripts, but I never got into that world. No, I'm more of a short It's a whole different, it's a different different everything. It's a different people, different system almost. Yeah, completely different. Yeah. And uh, so uh, I'm much shorter form, either jokes or sketches or some variation pop-up video even shorter than jokes so yeah <laughs> well I and just the opposite you. of letter, writing for letterman uh, i had my first meeting with uh, the executive producers of pop-up video this is when they returned and they actually won an emmy when they returned this is um, the mtv thing right we're a bloop, 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 little blurb vh1 yeah oh vh1 yeah, right vh1 um and exactly and now everybody does pop-ups but this guy uh um um woody thompson created it and uh, uh, I'm sure has that copyrighted, even though he's probably been ripped off a number of times. But uh, he's he's a brilliant guy. He came up with the idea in the 90s and uh, then they brought it back. Uh, I was on the, the staff in 2012. Um, and it was funny because, you know, in every meeting I go to pretty much for every show I've ever done since Letterman, the first thing they always ask is, what's Dave like? You oh know, my gosh. Um, what did he like? What did he find funny? What didn't he find funny? And uh, so they must have asked me this question because I remember saying to the the pop-up video people, well, the one thing he hated were puns, you know, and I said, which I understand because, you know, wordplay will never get the laugh that creating a visual will or a funny situation will. Wordplay just doesn't do it. And they just all started laughing. And I said, what's so funny? He said, well, we basically live on puns here at pop-up video. That's, you know, so that's another thing I, I teach uh, budding comedy writers is you have to be able to, you know, to cut Pivot. on a dime for yeah. a different type of writing, still comedy writing, but the rules can be totally different. Right. Yeah. Um, it's funny, the Letterman question that you get asked a lot. It's, it's funny that I think most people who worked on that show get asked that question first when somebody finds out. The interesting thing to me is that most people who worked on that show aren't able to give such an answer because a lot of people were especially towards the later years were really segregated from some from dave a bit you were the one guy who really had access <laughs> i had were access. writing jokes it was uh yeah and he spent you know as much time rehearsing the monologue as he did the whole rest of the show and it was just me and dave and tony the cue card guy in his uh in his dressing room um going over the jokes every day for an hour and uh that's Amazing. when i found found out he didn't like puns <laughs> I was gonna say, so what's Dave first like? time I gave it to him <laughs> oh Gabe Brilliant. I love you so much man I I I I, 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 mutual. I hope that this whatever happens and you can sit here again or we can do something together because I genuinely miss you this this does it but it doesn't it's not the same it's not the same next time I'll I'll come in with the uh with the Bane mask on and uh 
the hundred, the N one hundred, the N one hundred. I bet you could build one of those. You, uh, I'll try. I, uh, maybe I could wrap my head around handy it. guy. You is there? Uh, is there anything that we didn't get to that we should have? Do you have anything um, that I didn't mention? Um, oh, I got a great story actually. Uh, well, not a great story. It's a good story though. Uh, I like good we were stories. Talking about Johnny, and since we were talking about Tom Green. Um, I wanted to tell you a story about when we were doing that show, the Tom Green show. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, Tom Green's house tonight, the one out of his house. Another, I mean, another incredible guest we had on was Ed McMahon. And this was towards the very end of Ed's life. And, um, um, you know, so obviously, I mean, I don't think the way I did 20 years ago. And Ed was a lot older than me. And this was already a few years ago. Um, And uh, so he and Tom are standing in the hallway of his house. The show isn't on yet. You know, he's just hanging out with the guests and everybody's socializing. And he and Ed find out, I don't even remember what it was, something that they had in common that they didn't know. And Tom got really excited and, and, and you know, started talking. And Ed goes, ah, let's not leave it in the hallway because he wanted to save it for the save air. Save for the air. And Tom yeah. is super savvy about this stuff. Like I said, he's always 10 steps ahead. But we both still talk about it to this day because Ed wasn't, you know, quite with the guy that he had been. And the fact that he immediately recognized that as being something that would be really good TV um, was very cool. Oh, man. It was very cool. That was yeah. such a Johnny thing in the old days, too. They said he didn't used to go to the dressing rooms of the guests or whatever beforehand, unless it was a personal friend or something. He just he wanted to save it for the air. When they saw each other, for, when they came around the bend by the curtain there, that was that was when it started. And that was the first time they saw Absolutely. each other. And we got to see that. I feel like I, I get that. I, we didn't used to do that here, and we totally do it now. You know, we used to sit down. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Because we were new at it. We didn't, you know. <laughs> right. That right, was really right. more for us. <laughs> Well, also, your shows do pre-interviews and stuff like that. But yes, the host doesn't have any contact till then. But next time I have it, remind me to tell you a story, the Dave and the weird hair story. Oh, That's the Dave really and the weird one. hair story. It's a good one, but it'll it's it's a little lengthy. All right. Uh, you know, it's with that, then let's also tease next time. I want to hear the Tom Green desk story because I know there's a good story behind the Tom. Oh, Green desk. yeah. Yeah, that's right. We started talking about that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You told you he t- Gabe told me a fantastic story the other day. And I even I didn't get all the details then because we decided to save it for the air. And I forgot. So next time. <laughs> okay. Uh, I love you, Gabe. Thank you so much for being here with us. Everybody check love out Gabe too, on um, check out Gabe on Instagram. And uh, where else should they follow you? You're on Twitter. Um, Instagram, Twitter, Gableson. Same thing. Okay. Um, and uh, Gableson on Instagram, right? Uh, and um, and Facebook. Hit me up on Facebook. Beautiful, awesome. Yep. Thank you so much, sir. Enjoy Absolutely. the rest of your COVID and have a great election. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I've been going crazy on that one too. I said, and you know, it's funny. I wrote this, and then Borowitz wrote it the next day, right after the a debate. I said the next debate's going to be moderated by Jerry Springer. And, you know, it's it's just the way you think as a comedy writer. Then the next day that was all over the place. So then I realized, OK, I got to keep going with this. And I just kept saying, you know, the next one's going to uh, to keep it safe. The next one's going to be moderated by Alexa. There I thought that was great. Alexa jokes. Yeah. So it's just, you know, again, debate jokes. I uh, I wrote one similar, but somebody was talking about you know oh they put out the announcement where the committee is going to uh, uh, you know try to try to lock this thing down and make it more. Fun. I said the award ceremonies cracked this thing years ago. They just mute the mic while it sinks into the floor. 
that's right. And that's, that's all the I truth. need to do. Yeah, that's two it. minutes are up. The mic goes into the floor. What are you going to do? Stand there and that was, flap your wings? There's nothing he could do. I mean, that was that would diffuse a potentially. It, it always seemed like we were on the edge of danger there with that debate. Um, if he it does was uncomfortable one, the whole time. They already said if he does another one, Chris Wallace will be wearing a body cam because <laughs> and full Kevlar, I'm sure. You gotta, you gotta, right? Gotta have it all on tape. Yeah. Somebody saw Junior on uh, Junior was on something this morning, and uh, now that I guess the new thing is he's uh, he's on cocaine. He was all coked out during this interview, and that's the new thing. Like, come on, gee whiz! That Biden was coked up? No, the ju- uh, Junior Donald Junior was on an interview today on something or other, and so oh, now they're oh, saying the he's talk is a, yeah, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I can't take it. I can't take it. Nobody <laughs> wants say, to talk about I was anything. About to say Biden was on Somanex. How old is that reference? Somanex. Yeah. <laughs> That was in the Little Shop of Horrors script. <laughs> the black and white. <laughs> All this right, is Gabe why I love Abelson. hanging out with you. I love you. Thank you so much for spending time with us in the playset. Absolutely. Good Talk to, to you soon. You, man. My love to your best. Oh, thank you. Uh, all right, everybody, it is uh, time to wrap it up. We have a quick East Coast feed that I want to uh, get to just because it is indeed Halloween. So let's just roll it out real quickly. Check in with Danbury Chive, Brooke, and the Kazman. I believe we got the nugget as well. Roll it out. Mr. Ryan, it's East Coast Feed. Jonesy. East Coast Feed. East Coast Feed. <laughs> Mr. Ryan, can you guess where we are today? We're at the pumpkin picking. And do you recognize this place, Mr. Ryan? I think you do. It might be Blue Jay Orchards, as you can see by the Bethel Police Department right behind us. And we just want to let you know that we're in your old stomping grounds. Right, Coraline? What are we going to do today? What are we going to get? We're going to get a little pumpkin and a big pumpkin ever. Big pumpkin ever. That was it. And Brooke's full of talking right now. Uh, <laughs> Love you guys. Say goodbye to Jay and Nicole. Bye. Bye. East Coast Feet. <laughs> East Coast Feet. Oh, I love that nugget. Oh, that's the best. Uh, uh, we the shout best. out to Blue Jay Orchards, by the way. Blue Jay Orchards was, uh, that's where I used to design and build haunted houses when I was a little kid. Yes, it's true. For 10 years, believe it or not. <laughs> I can't, it's all totally true. Haunted house in a 200-year-old barn on that apple orchard and a haunted hayride through the orchards. It was through the Bethel JCs, the Junior Chamber of Commerce organization. And I was a little kid and I used to build like haunted houses in the shed in our backyard and stuff and whatever. One, it's gotten the paper and everything. One thing led to another, and I ended up starting to help them and uh, did it for 10 years in a row before I moved out here. Crazy pants. So shout out to Blue Jay Orchards and those guys. Um, our love to Gabe Abelson, who is still sitting there. Hi, Gabe. Hey. <laughs> um, so much fun. So I got much nowhere fun. to go. Uh, next week. Next week, we'll be back on Tuesday. Tuesdays with Tori. We're going to find out all about that car he bought. He's already taken the engine apart. He's already ordered tons of things, tons of parts, tons of accessories. Um, we're going to find out all about that stuff. In the meantime, tomorrow is Friday. We'll be at uh, Breakfast Club. It's at the uh, Plan B. It's up at Bear Divide. Come on out, 9 to 11, and um, it's going to be a hot one, uh, but not on fire, which is nice. <laughs> so <laughs> our love to Newcombs, which is, by the way, safe from fire, at least at the moment. And uh, um, I don't know when that road or that place will be open, but love to everybody. Uh, and love to you at home. Thank you very, very much for watching tonight. And uh, please love one another and uh, hang in there. Hang in there. It's a crazy-ass time. Just keep loving one another, and we'll get through this. Have a great weekend. See you Tuesday.